This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about, little bit about Promises and why we partner with these guys. Uh, they're great people. They have personal relationships with those in recovery, uh, and they can answer any questions for not only yourself, but your loved one too. Uh, I know if you're like me, there's a lot of things going on right now, crazy in the world, some stress, anxiety, a lot of people relapsing, going back to drinking, uh, all sorts of crazy stuff going on right now. And sometimes we just need to reach out for help. I know that was one of the hardest things for me to do, but once I did it, Man, it felt like the world was lifted off of my shoulders. I just want to encourage you guys. You guys can do it too. Uh, Promises is a solid resource if you need some professional help that you can uh, reach out to. Uh, Let me remind you of this too. You're not alone. That's one of the biggest things the enemy, uh, alcohol, drugs does. It isolates us and uh, makes us feel like we're not alone. I just want to tell you, you're not alone if you're struggling right now. So let me tell you a little bit about how you can get in contact with Promises. You can go to promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash sober guy. Uh, they got a great web page there they've created for our partnership. There's some photos of our family on there just representing that families in recovery can recover and live thriving lifestyles after uh, past of addiction. Uh, or you can just call 888-205, the good old-fashioned way, right? Pick up the old telephone, give them a ring, 888-205-1890. Tell them that you heard about them from that Sober Guy podcast. Let me give you that one more time, promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash guy. Or just call 888-205-1890. Shout out to Promises. Love you guys. Thank you for partnering with us and providing a great resource. All right. I wanted to read one quick message that we got uh, that I thought was cool uh, and wanted to just share with you guys. I appreciate you guys reaching out. I get all kinds of messages and emails and in uh, uh, social media uh, messaging on there. So I appreciate it. I love hearing about how you guys are doing out there, how you guys are staying sober, what you guys are doing in your recovery. Just wanted to share one of those today. And then we're going to get to our guest today, Ad, uh, uh, Ed Lattimore, who I'm super pumped to talk to today. Uh, but this message comes from Kevin from Philly. And uh, and Kevin says, hey, I just realized I got the Philly hat on today too. So we'll, uh, we'll rock that for Kevin. Uh, I've been sober 103 days now. Love your podcast. Started listening to the newer ones, but today went back to the earliest one I could find, which was uh, back in episode 16, man. That's from October 30th, 2014. That's cool. I should probably go back and revisit some of those old school ones too. That might be fun. Um, but it was great. And I've had to laugh about the red light ticket story. Uh, you put, you put some things in perspective anyway, love your work. You're making a difference. Thanks. Uh, so Kevin, man, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate just, like I said, hearing from you guys, I hope all's going well. 103 days, keep rocking it, man. Whether we have one day or 103, um, you know, thousand days, we're all just one moment away, man, from, from, from destruction. If we don't stay plugged in. So, uh, keep a good community around around you. Stay safe. Uh, and, uh, man, I'm super excited to talk to Ed today. So let's get this show on the road. That sober guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to that sober guy podcast and we help people stay sober. Uh, it's good to be with you today. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Glad you're here. Uh, man, this, this, podcast this platform man has served as such a, a, a good bridge for people to get a little info and uh, help lead them on their own way so uh, i just want to encourage you guys use the resources listen to our guests uh man hope you guys get something out of today i know you will today's guest is ed Lattimore, and ed's a, prof- a former professional heavyweight boxer a competitive chess player 
which I love right there, man. I love some chess too. We ain't playing checkers no more. We're playing chess, as E40 likes to say. Uh, he's a veteran of the U.S. Army National Guard. Uh, and he holds a BA in physics uh, from Duquesne University. Uh, you can holler at Ed at Ed Latimer on uh, Ed Latimer on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and you can learn more about Ed at EdLatimer.com. Uh, let me get you off a of mute there, Ed. What's going on, man? How are you today? And thank you for coming on the podcast. It's really an honor and a pleasure to sit uh, with you today, bro. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. I, I really like hearing that uh message at the beginning of my piyabara is 103 days of sobriety man every every day counts and that yeah. makes a big difference it makes it easier to keep going too yeah yeah absolutely man um you uh you I, I, we just learned you and i kind of have a roughly the same uh time about six seven years in there uh you know through our own journeys of recovery and sobriety um and real quick too i got to give a shout out to my buddy david ratchford who i just realized this uh a couple of years ago he actually tried to connect you and i i think i don't know if it was on twitter or somewhere and i think we may have even exchanged a message or two and we, we never ended up hooking up and doing a podcast but here we are today so just a little love to david man he's a solid dude from Santa Barbara One, and okay yeah that's you, you, awesome man. yeah you may remember David too he's that guy knows everybody man he's he's all over the place doing some cool things so um so what's up with you man you're out in you're out in uh, Pittsburgh Pennsylvania um you know you f formerly professional heavyweight boxer man had your own struggles with addiction um you're you're living a good life today we're going to get into all of that uh maybe for those of 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 our listeners out there who may not be familiar with you or some of your story uh give us a quick little intro man about yourself about what you've been through uh, and then we can dive a little bit deeper into some of your uh some of your story yeah so so real quick intro about about everything that i guess i'm kind of known for and why people even care to hear what i have to say about certain things is is at the age of 28 yeah, I guess I'm 35 now. So, so the age of 28, <laughs> I said uh, that was going to be it. I put down a bottle and I did that simultaneously with uh, enlisting in the Army and starting school. My professional career had just started. I had been an amateur for years before that, but my professional boxing career had just started. And, and I suppose that the path I took really showed the power of what's possible when you when you get your life together man because i felt like i was on a i felt like the train maybe looked like it was on the tracks a little bit i mean i think anyone who knew me knew that, that it was all uh, you know about to fall off the rails yeah but uh when you get to see like i, I look back even you know how facebook has the memories and stuff every yeah. now and then someone will post the picture well not, not someone will post the picture i posted the picture <laughs> and now i get the memories of like you know how how I took pride in being like just an absolute kind of mess, but you know what ended up happening is, is I, I put together a great professional career. Once I, I stopped drinking, I uh, was able to go back to school. I graduated with my degree at the age of 33. So anybody who thinks it's uh, too late, you can go back and take care of, of business. I finished out my army career with the National Guard uh, with an honorable discharge after I did four years. You're normally supposed to do six, but get uh, got out um, with an honorable though. So there's that. And, um, and been putting together some great resources on my website, writing about, you know, there's, there's the typical kind of self-improvement stuff that I think everyone should read. But a lot of my website, a lot of my articles are devoted to addiction, and sobriety, forgiveness, 
things of that nature that I think are really important. So much so that I had to create an entire category just separate yeah. to put those writings because they mean that much to me. And I think that everyone, uh, I'm, I'm really fortunate that, that my website has turned into this, I guess, this beacon for people to, to see these, you know, read my story, read what I figured out. That motivated me to write my book, Sober Letters to My Drunken Self, yeah. where where I wanted to put something out that it gave gave back, you know, without commercial intent, just really to to write down my story and how how grateful I am that I made it through, and I I can show people what's possible when you put yeah. your mind to it, and then really, you know, say you enough is enough. Yeah, it's good, man. And uh, you mentioned a couple of the articles. Um, there's two of them in particular I kind of wanted to jump into today. Um, and and I, they're both great. Well, especially the first one's a great topic that I get a lot of questions about. I know a lot of people struggle with is like, how in the heck am I still going to have fun and be sober? A lot of us were uh, social creatures. We had social anxiety. So the only times that we were able to go out and have a good time is be, is, is by drinking, you know? And so I know that was a fear for me. Well, how, how am I going to get sober? And then how am I still going to have a good time? Like I'm here to tell you it is possible. Number one. Um, and Ed, you have, you have a great article about, we'll be sure to put it in the show notes, but maybe we can start there and have you just elaborate a little bit on that. Some of your thoughts on like, how, how do we still have a good time and, and stay sober? Yeah, the, the problem that a lot of us face is that our first interactions of, of, of like our, our first attempts to build a social life, not one that we were just kind of hoisted into by virtue of where we went to school, where we lived. Yeah, it all centers around alcohol and and everything that's so ingrained in our society yeah. that it that you can't. I don't want to say you can't because obviously people do, but it's very difficult for someone to have a have a social life and not be considered like some type of weirdo and drink. You know, yeah. everyone needs an excuse like like, oh, I don't drink. And then it's like, oh, what's wrong with you? You don't drink, you know. So what what I figured out is, is, is and I wish I had figured it out, but, but it's, a, it's a journey. I wish I had figured it out right the first time is that. You have to become really comfortable with being sober, and sometimes that means stepping away. But but eventually come back. I mean, it's super easy. Like I can I can go to bars now, uh, and just be like, all right, cool. But but here's the difference, and this is one of the big things that happen when I get bored when I'm out. I just go home. You know, before I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, nothing else to do. Let me let me yeah. grab a drink and see where the party goes. Yeah. I just go home because because my my life is not defined by like the by that my social life is yeah. defined by the quality of the interactions and i found out that alcohol greatly <laughs> diminishes yeah. the social quality of the interaction so by by getting more comfortable what i call it the sobriety habit i think that's a good way to think about it as opposed to you know just breaking another one and then not putting anything there like no you're breaking your, your addiction and your habit for drinking and your habit with drinking and you are replacing that with a sobriety habit, you know, when you can do that and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger, you get more comfortable with just saying no. Right. And you, and then you get comfortable as you get more comfortable with yourself. Cause a lot of us are drinking to, to not face who we are. Yeah, I think I, I really believe that. And, um, uh, and once you really get comfortable with who you are, what you like, and you're not trying to impress a bunch of people or gain the approval of some people, then you can then you're able to go, okay, 
I don't like. I, I, I thought I liked karaoke, for example. I think the picture <laughs> I have on that article is me singing. Yeah. And turns out that was just a reason to be out drinking. Huh. And uh, what you and, used and to I'm, sing? I'm, 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 I'm kind of extroverted. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was like, whatever. But turns out I was like, you know what? This is a waste. You know, if you want to, yeah. if you want to kick it and get coffee with me, I, I, I found that I much, much more enjoy, you know, conversation. Actually watching the game with my friends, opposed to turning into a drinking event. Yeah. And once once I figured out what I really liked, it was really easy to go. Okay, I'm not like all you guys doing is drinking out, right? Drink going, to, you know, chase women, drink. Well, I could do that sober, right? I don't I don't need to do any of that. And it, and but it, it that comfort, it you have to build it. And I, yeah. I think I think well, I talk to anybody who who wants to get sober, I say you know that social change is a big deal and you will make it a lot easier if you just rip the bandaid off at the beginning, but then let yourself heal and get a little stronger, get a little more comfortable, figure out your boundaries, figure out who you are. But in, in no time, you'll be, you know, you, you will be comfortable in that environment yeah. socializing. Yeah. That you, you bring up a, a few good points. One of them that stands out is that comfort in your own skin. Like I didn't even know who the heck I was. Uh, and I'm still, fig- you know, I think that's a lifelong journey for, for me, in my own opinion, I, I feel like a lot of people feel the same, <laughs> like we're constantly growing, we're constantly learning. We're trying to figure out like, you know, how do we kind of navigate this weird life sometimes, whether we're sober or, uh, whatever we're doing. But I didn't know who the heck I was until I got like, till I put down that substance that was numbing me to reality, to myself, right. to my past. Like you, you, you hit it right on the head. Like we don't, a lot of us, we've been through things as, as kids, man, we've had trauma. We got, you know, uh, uh, terrible situations or even just financial, whatever the heck it is. Like we just want to numb out to that. And I still get those cravings sometimes now. I'm like, dang, it'd just be so nice just to numb out and not feel right now. I know that's the bad (laughs) thing. You know know what's funny about that? Like, like that never goes away. I think that's just part of the human condition. The, the dysfunction that we, we end up, you know, dealing with is that our choice of escape comes with so many other negative consequences. I was just thinking about this. I always have a cup of coffee with me, right? The difference is after five cups of coffee, (laughs) I'm not acting a fool and I can't drive or be impaired. So what I've done is I took one bad habit and replaced it with something else. And then now I'm trying to learn moderation, but, but, but that's the problem with the booze. And then it becomes self-serving. Like I remember yeah. when I, I moved out to LA uh, for, for like two years, I was out there really by surprise, but it was a great opportunity. It was related to boxing, but I didn't know anyone. And I was like, Oh, I feel lonely. What, what makes me happy? And I, I mistakenly associated drinking with happiness because I always drink around my friends. Yeah. And I was happy with my friends. So I drank. I mean, I drank a lot in L.A. A lot. And I'm by myself, too, which is crazy. Yeah. Which, you know, they, they always say, oh, it's not, you know, you're not an alcoholic if you don't drink by yourself. And then you drink by yourself. It's like, oh, as long as it's not before 5 p.m., it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it keeps And then before 5 p.m., and it's like, oh, you know, as long as you ain't got to go to work, you keep yeah. finding ways to, to justify it. But but a lot of it comes down to yeah we we don't you know we get used to using alcohol to augment or numb an emotional situation and so we fall completely out of touch with our emotions and now when, once you put the bottle you gotta you gotta learn to deal with that stuff yeah. man um, that's hard but it is a necessary part of the journey. What are some of the 
things that you do, man, just personally. I mean, you kind of mentioned even just sitting down, having a cup of coffee, having a good conversation, maybe playing chess or something. What are what are some of the things that you do to have fun and, and you're still able to do sober? Right. So so what's great is that one, once I once my mind got away from seeking approval mm. and got more on being comfortable regardless of who was on my page or not you know i stopped trying to fit in other That's people's good. books i was like you know once you you either like the book or put it down um I, I i got to really go for things that i enjoy like i, I like my my activities going out you know not during COVID time i'm a big fan of the symphony of orchestra of of um opera Musical things like that. Love going to a museum, and the museum this cheap. A lot of a lot of places the museums are free. Yeah, just walk around and, and check out the yard and things like that. Walking in the park, getting ice cream. Love meeting up with my friends for a cup of coffee just to see what's going on. Play some chess with them. Mm-hmm. So 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 right there, you know, uh, that's a yeah. <laughs> and then that's just when I'm not working. I mean. Um, checking out. I love going to the movies, man. That's like my 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 thing. In fact. <laughs> I really, you know, this COVID is killing, man, because the theater's open. Yeah. Go check out it. And these are cheap alternatives. I mean, you think about how much you spend at the bar versus, you know, going to check out a movie. Oh, yeah. It's saving money. And they're having a good time. Uh, read a read a book. Uh, this is, it's really amazing how your mind stops thinking about ways to entertain yourself. I'll tell you a story, right? There's this, this just these instances where I'm like, wow, I've arrived because you're always looking at different ways you think about a thing. Yeah. I was in Dallas in the summer of uh, or Fort Worth. I guess they're two different cities, right? Yeah, I was in Fort I Worth so. in, um, in uh, it was, I think it was August 2019. And I got in, I was coming down for a dinner and then flying out the next day. So I was down there for a total of three days a day. I flew in the dinner day and whatever, right? But the next day I left. And, and I was like, what am I going to do? And I started looking up all the museums around and all, and, and found a jazz club and everything. And, I, and, and my mindset was not, the old me would be like, where's the mayor's bar at, man? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go. But now it was like, where's, where's jazz? Love, love live music. So there's a lot of free live music around too. Yeah. Uh, so found that went and sat and enjoyed a great jazz set by myself too. That's something you learn to become comfortable in your own skin mm-hmm. instead of relying on that approval and acceptance from a bunch of people that you don't necessarily want to hang out with. Yeah. But you know, what are you, what are you going to do? And so those are just, the, the, I, I found what I like, you know, yeah. and, and I also found what I didn't like, you know, it couldn't stand sitting around playing Madden. I didn't know that, but me and my buddies <laughs> would get together, play Madden, and yeah. drink beers. I was like, yeah. no, nah, I hate video games. I try, I actually tried to buy PS4 when I moved into this apartment and it sat there for like a month. And finally I was yeah. like, can I take this back? And I went to take it back and they were like, yeah, it's been too long. So I had this PS4 and I ended up selling it on uh, <laughs> On uh, Facebook, yeah. somebody yeah, I put out, somebody was like, hey, I'll take it and sold it. Well, it's, it's, but, but this, well, I was going to say, no, it's funny how, like, when we do stuff, we connect it with when we were, uh, you know, drinking or using or whatever. Like, I, I still love to play guitar, man, but it's not the same as it was, uh, like, when back in the day when I was doing it, sitting around drinking and smoking. And, like, it changed for me 
you know what I mean? Once I got sober, there was a different connection to it. And it kind of just reminded me of that when you said, even with the Madden, I mean, I know th those are two different examples, but <laughs> yeah, you know, same no, thing. But, but what it is, is it, uh, you know, and maybe it's a case of a, a rising tide lifts all boats in the harbor kind of thing. It's like, mm. okay, so, so now that I'm, I'm trying to improve my life, I can do other things, but, but I know that I always liked some things and other things like it was like we're going to do this. Like it's like when you eat shitty food. I remember we used to go. It was like it was like every Friday we were going to order some bad Chinese food, <laughs> sit around, play some Madden, yeah, and drink a bunch of drink some beers. And like that's so unhealthy. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's so unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, but you don't. But but until you try and fix one area, then you start shining a light on other areas, and you're like, okay, yeah. But other things I'm just not a fan of. Let me let me be a a happy person with what I like. And I think a lot of people will discover or do discover that their desires, their interests are, are not their own. They are yeah. what makes sense to be part of the group that's drinking. Like I have, I hate small talking to bars, man. Yeah. Like I hate it. <laughs> yeah. How did I tolerate it? Because that's where everybody else was going. Well, I always had a drink in my hand. Yeah, you don't even know. It was know. easy that way. Yeah. But then I was like, you know what? Well, but, but like I was saying at the beginning, now when I'm not interested, I just go home. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just go home and don't try and force anything. Just bounce. Well, you start getting to a point too, like let's say we're at a wedding or something, right? And you know, you're there, you're having a good time, family member, whatever, uh, friends. And it gets to a certain point where everybody drinking, they get to that point and it's like, hey, how how are you doing? You're like, man, I could just be at home right now, just kicking it like not. I'm good. You know what I mean? You don't feel like you have to partake and part can continue on that night um, of just it, it what ends up being, you know, a debacle most of the time. And then you feel like right. dog shit the next morning. And it's just this this constant uh, cycle. You know, we don't have to do that when we're sober, man. That's that's the beautiful thing. That's, man, that is one of the best parts. Like, like I think I, I still think about it. Like yeah. I, every day you just think about it. I, I don't I get to wake up every day. Yeah. And I don't have to check my phone. And be like, what did I, who did I piss off? What did <laughs> yeah. I text? What did what I, I text? say? Nothing crazy like that. Yeah. Uh, I know that if I piss somebody off, that I pissed them off, right? Yeah. It wasn't drunk me that I got to, you know, people are real quick to make your excuses you were drunk. But that only lasts for so long. And then yeah. like, man, get it together, you know, yeah. be responsible. And I don't have to worry about any of that. I don't, I don't lose my mornings with hangovers. And it's a really mm -hmm. good feeling. I get to be me. I get to yeah. be who I want to be at all times and never worry. Uh, one of the things you brought up, man, I feel, I feel like there's someone who needs to hear your take on this right now, man, is seeking approval. I know I struggled with it big time, uh, you know, and, and I still do at times. Um, like we're always looking for, we want to be liked. We want to be loved. Sure. We want, we want, we want people to, um, you know, to respect us. And a lot of the times when, when we're in a state of alcoholism or addiction, we're, we're striving for that. We're, we don't even know that we're doing it. You know what I mean? A lot of the time. So what's your, what's your take, man, on seeking approval? How does, how can someone who might, you know, be going through that, or maybe they don't even know they're going through that. What was your experience with that? And, uh, what, what are your thoughts? So, you know, one of my favorite sayings, and I haven't seen anyone else say this, maybe, maybe they have. So uh, right now I'm calling it in that, in that latter more original, there we go. feel free to correct me if you see it somewhere. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. But, but I always say, uh, you know, being respect and being like, being liked look 
the same to someone who hasn't got experience with either. Mm. And the difference, though, is that it's a lot easier to be liked than it is to be respected. And also to be liked is a consensus thing. Like a bunch of people agree that you're you're yeah. you're, you're a cool to have around, or they want you around. That doesn't necessarily mean you're a good dude. It doesn't necessarily mean you're contributing something positive to the world. Uh, that just means that you found a tribe of people that keep you from feeling alone and outcast. Yeah. That's good. And so now, now there's some overlap in this Venn diagram of respect and, and being like, but for the most part, uh, you don't necessarily, what you do to be like does not necessarily lead to respect and vice versa. Okay. Here's the difference though. There's a big difference. It's very easy to be liked or it's very easy to get the illusion of being liked, which is invited and being surrounded by people, et cetera. And that keeps us from doing the hard stuff. And that keeps us from, and by hard things, I mean things that make us respectable, things that make yeah. it easy for us to look in the mirror and go, I'm really proud of this dude. Mm -hmm. Like that's not easy. It's a lot easier to find a group of, of you know, degenerates to go, I'm going to go hang out, drink, do drugs, kick it. We ain't going to do nothing. We're just going to be up all night playing Madden, drinking, and then we're going to lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah. And it's easy to be liked in that group because the standard is so low. Mm -hmm. That, I think, is when the, the diagram starts to overlap. Is the standard for what it takes to be liked gets higher that it tends to bleed over into things to be respectable yeah. or to make you a respectable person. So, for the, I think, think for most people, though, what they have to do to, to deal with this and what really helped with me is, is first I had to look in the mirror and, and I had to stop lying to myself, man. Like that's the hardest part is you got to look in the mirror and go, okay, you know, there might be some people that want to kick it and be cool with me. This was a big problem. Yeah. Uh, this is what, you know, my, my, my problem really went grew, you know, went up exponentially when I, when I started fighting professionally because people would want to hang out with me no matter what, which yeah. is crazy. Right. Like I wasn't sober for my first three fights, uh, my first three pro fights. And so people always wanted to kick it, always wanted to go to the bar. I remember one time where I was like, oh, maybe it's getting out of control. I'll tell people I don't have any money. People are paying for my drinks. Hmm. I went to the bar one time. The bartender was like, just come on out. We'll put it on because I like, bring guys over after yeah. the fight to drink. But I had to I had to, you know, step aside from all that, look in the mirror and be like, you are on a bad direction my friend you <laughs> yeah. are i said you're a fucking loser i looked at myself yeah. and said that mm. and then and then from that point i could focus on what i thought would help me not feel that way yeah okay so i think that's the key so getting when honest getting real approval, yeah when you when you're struggling with approval you gotta you gotta accept what you are and now if you now if who you are is who you want to be or it just happens to overlap already and you might be beating yourself up a little too much Okay, whatever, you know, you continue your path. But I think a lot of us end up in this situation because we pursued a set of behaviors that made it very easy to fit in as opposed to pursuing a set of behaviors that made it easy for us to respect ourselves. And it doesn't, and it's very, those two things very rarely overlap. You know, like and respect sometimes, but fitting in versus what makes us respect ourselves, not very often, unless you're lucky and you like yeah. going to a you know, group of 
kick ass or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So let uh, let me shift gears a little bit then and talk a little bit about boxing, man. Like, so what? What's the scariest thing about walking into a professional boxing ring? And then, like, kind of a caveat to that, like how <laughs> how has that helped you um, in in your life today, man? Like, because I feel like the two would intertwine a bit. You know, you know what I like about that question. Most people ask, you know, how what is boxing? How has it made you a better person? Helped you out, whatever. But but that take is good. The scariest thing in that how that transitions. So so first off, I I gotta I gotta put a warning out there, man. I'm like, I'm I'm not quite a sociopath in this regard, but like, they they ran me through a, a sports psychologist out in L.A. when I was out there training. And and my neuroticism pre-fight is like super low, big five neuroticism real low. Um, more, someone said it best. You know, I don't I don't get scared the way regular people do. Hmm. That doesn't mean I don't get scared, but you yeah. know, it's kind of relaxing. But here's what is here's what is like what what, what always worry me, and then did translate over. So not so much scared, but worry. You got to face the possibility of embarrassment mm. and like real like, like and and the, and the kind of embarrassment that you can't like there's no way to like put it off on somebody else and you sound like a fool when you do huh. like like i don't i don't know if you um if you, if you if you follow the sport at all but when deontay water just lost to tyson fury you know nobody like people respect you Win or lose, getting in yeah. a ring, and it's not just fighters; they respect you just getting in the ring. I really feel that way. But when you start to make excuses for losing, uh, it, it, it goes good. away. And he he said he all wore that suit and it weighed my legs down, and then just like that, every the whole community was like, you know what? We were all behind you getting back in the ring, and now now yeah. you know you're taken away from Tyson Fury's win, and you are skirting responsibility, right? So. That is a big deal for for a lot of fighters, and a lot of that pressure, uh, you you come up with different ways to cope with it and deal with it, but it never really goes away, especially when you lose, you know, because yeah. now you got to face it, <laughs> and and so dealing with that, that fear of what is everyone going to think that I'm going to be exposed as not the real deal is not someone who takes it seriously that's always been my fear is that a person would just think i was wasting my time that i wasn't really that good that i exaggerated and and made made it seem like i was this that or the other but it wasn't real yeah and and so i think that mentality approaching my life with that like like i'm, I'm really big for example everything i put on social media everything i talk about with with my with uh sorority very I'm very big on not exaggerating mm. that like, you know, and people have accused me of exaggerating and that's cool. That means my life is great. Like if people think when you're telling the truth that you're exaggerating, it's awesome. But when you, <laughs> but if you dig into anything I say, it will, it will always come back as accurate. And that kind of keeping it real with other people is eventually what I had to do to myself you know you want to build that unflinchingly close relationship with reality like i say you should be able to look on the angle okay i don't like it but i got to do something about it because yeah. it's real uh and it always comes back to like, like people think that that when i say uh when i got so one of the things that happened when i got sober is that i, I looked in the mirror and was like yo you are a loser 
Like, no, that really happened, man. I had to accept that. Mm. I had to face that fear because I didn't want to get exposed. I didn't want to, you know, imagine if, if I had, if my life looked exactly the same, but right after we get off this podcast, I go down to a few 40s or oldie or something like that. Like, like, okay, maybe I can get away with that for a while, but eventually yeah. it's going, you it's know, eventually it'll show. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, what does, uh, so we, we talk a lot about mental health, obviously on a, on a, on a show like this, of course. And, you know, it, at the same time, also like to bring in some elements of physical health too, cause they go hand in hand. So like, oh, yeah. what, what, what does that look like for you in, in your sobriety, just in normal, just trying to live a healthy lifestyle too? Like what, what's your, you got a certain workout routine that you, that you do? Uh, what do you enjoy to do? How does that work out for you? Okay, so now that I'm not fighting, man, one of the hardest challenges was like learning how regular people work out because <laughs> yeah, cause I different. couldn't just like, like, because pretty much like always in the gym. And then when I'm not, you know, I take a week off, I just come back and, and suffer through it and I'm, I'm back in fighting shape. Yeah. Okay, that's not really how that, that's not sustainable. So what I've learned is the power of everyday something mm. like it's the hard that that was hard for me because before someone told me what to do. Yeah. Now I got to make myself, you know, get up, go run, go to the gym, but, but, but I'm, I'm getting, but now I think I have it, have it down. I haven't been in the ring now uh, in a fight. 20 wow. And in, in like four years, yeah. that's crazy. I didn't realize it was that long. Oh, <laughs> uh, but but it was it was hard to to make that shift. But now that I have it, I mean, now I know what the, I'm, I'm much better on my diet. Yeah. That was a problem. Clean up the diet. Clean up the working out. Clean up the sleep. Yeah, sleep. Stress is management. All this comes goes hand in hand. So I'm never I'm never like relying on willpower. Or or I try not to ever put myself in a position to rely on willpower and the best way to do that is to make sure your your system is working optimally you're getting yeah. enough sleep you're eating the right food you're getting the right amount of exercise you want to always feel good you want to always look good you want to you want to build yourself into something that you respect it's really big well that, that self-respect yeah. is so huge to me i think i <laughs> it keeps coming up yeah. because i think i think once you I, what, what i what i've realized talking to a lot of people uh who struggle with, with alcohol or drugs is, is a lot of it comes down to like what they feel about themselves. Now, why, yeah. now why their self-esteem and self-respect is so low is, is a completely different conversation. And for a lot of reasons, it's a lot of, um, a lot of things that happened to them that, that when they were younger, something like that. I always say a lot of times when you're seeing an addict, you're seeing a victim, you're seeing the result of, of trauma. But once you realize that you don't think highly of yourself and you want to make sure you think highly of your vessel, the body, your mind, your emotions, you put a lot of effort into maintaining that. And that in and of itself is like, wow, yeah, this meant like, like this is going to keep me from from from, you know, relapsing. And it's going to make me more likely to want to maintain what I've got, the gangs, the life, the recognition, et cetera, the respect. Yeah. Respect, yeah. Do you miss boxing, bro? Oh hell no, <laughs> dude. You know, hey, you know good. what's funny? Yeah. You know what's what's really funny about that question, man? Um, no, most people don't ask me that. What, what instead they ask is why'd you quit, right? Yeah. Either way, um, both questions 
but for different reasons uh, show like you know the, the, the sport is the sport is hard yeah right but all sports are hard here's the difference at the level I competed in boxing if I competed at that level in any of the other big sports football baseball hockey whatever probably I don't know if I'd be a millionaire but I'd be able to go it's worth it you know, I'd be able. To, I'm a, you, you'd ask yeah. me that. My mom might go. I miss the money, right? Yeah, man. There is no money in this sport. It is a hard effing game. It's a hard yeah. game, and the ROI is, is non-existent. You you do it because you don't have a, a lot of people anyhow do it because they don't have anything else to do. Mm. It's like it, it, it's it, that's why a lot of a lot of boxers are former um, football players and and a lot of boxers have done time too because uh the rest of our sports and at least in the united states you got to go to college you know so if you don't have that opportunity for one reason or another uh, how are you going to play a sport what sport are you going to be into if you you weren't a super standout you go go touch the boxing ring man and then it's very honest Boxing is a very honest sport. You cannot lie to yourself in boxing because you yeah. will be exposed real quick. <laughs> and there's a lot of you know a lot of respect and camaraderie there. But I don't I you know I don't I don't miss it. I got everything I could out of it. It changed my life fundamentally in every single way. I don't and I'll, I'll say this: even though I drank for all of my amateur career and the first part of my boxing career, if I didn't have the pressure of a developing professional career, maybe I don't make the decision to put the box. I, don't know. I have four big reasons that helped me uh, that I, that I, that I thought about. It was, it was I had just enrolled. I had just enlisted in the military. Uh, and now I was under the jurisdiction of the United States Court of Military Justice as long, uh, along with civilian justice. I had just enrolled in school. I was going back to school. I had just met uh, the girl I'm still with now. And I was like, I don't want to mess that up. Yeah. And my boxing career It's four things when I and I just looked at how I felt terribly and I felt bad. I made a fool of myself. I was like, you know what? I gotta I gotta stop this before something bad happens and something dangerous happens. So, but so I think without without that fourth pillar, uh, maybe I go oh, okay. Let's let's ride this out and see. Like no man, yeah. but boxing it helps me and changed me in so many ways and probably gave me a lot of the discipline and grit yeah. to get through it. Yeah, it's funny how man a lot of the times in our lives like we go through stuff. We can't see why God puts us through those things at that time. But later on down the road, if we hang in there and we keep fighting and we, and we keep showing up every day, that comes back to us. And we go, man, that's why That's why I went through that. That's why I used Absolutely. to sand drywall for eight hours a day, you know, five, six days a week, just sweating my ass off, wondering, God, like, how the hell did I get here? Like, there's got to be more. To, like, that's why I went through that stuff, man. That's a really good point. And then, and then at one point, God changes us, too. And maybe what we were once passionate about or what we thought we were so passionate about, man, it really doesn't mean what it meant to us at one at that one point in our life because we, we've moved on to this different journey, man. We're still moving forward. Exactly. You know, it, you can look at the exact same event, but five years apart with, with different experiences in between and get, get something totally different uh, from it. Yeah. I think I think if you view the events in your life with it, like like there are some things I call them watershed moments that like okay there's not really any way to look at it uh, it just made a big difference but but there are but but there are sometimes where you're like 
huh, at this point I felt this way. But this yeah. point I feel this way about it now. And one of my one of my big big biggest examples of this is is the sobriety. You know, when when I did it, I mean, in fact, let me tell you one of one of the way I, I hack I hacked my way uh, <laughs> sobriety. I said I said okay. I'll give myself permission to drink if I accomplish one of three things. Huh. If I if I win a world title, if I publish a book, or if I uh, graduate. Yeah. Okay? And then two years in, I was like, I don't really think I want to do this anymore. I don't think I want to drink. Uh, even though at that point I had self-published. Uh, I, no, I actually hadn't before for almost four years. But, but I do remember thinking... I don't really have a desire to go back. And and then, you know, four years and two years later, I'm, I'm going, I go and actually some guy reached out to me on Twitter and was like, you know, have you got your chip yet? I was like, no, nah, I didn't, I didn't get my chip. And he was like, I want to see you get your chip, man. I'll be, I'll be coming through the area if you want to go to a meeting. And so I, I went to a meeting for the first time in like uh, four years and I'm, I'm sitting there and, you know, sharing and talking and I realized uh, the group was mostly people, you know, with a year or less uh, in, and and I was like, wow, man, I hear all your struggle, like like I I recognize it, and then that way I can communicate it and yeah. and really recognize and connect and let you know that if that this is rough now, but if you do X Y Z, eventually you will feel so much better. And then I looked at the way my book performed and how people. Uh, responded and reached out to me and I was like, man, maybe me getting sober was like, that's that's part of what I'm on this planet to do. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have that thought process about that event when I did it. Yeah. When I did it, it was there ain't no way like I'm running from whatever yeah. I'm running from the pain, man. I'm tired of being an asshole. I'm tired yeah. of tired of waking up to text and tired of risking life and limb. But now I look at it and I go, what if this was part of my purpose, man? Yeah. Like like it's going through this us. so I could help other people. Yeah, that's good, man. God, God preparing us, building us up through those struggles in order to uh, to get to whatever that point is, like you said, to serve other people, to help other people. Um, yeah, for man, that's sure. Good. Uh, so I got. To, let's see. I want to be respectful of time right now too. So um, two more, two more quick things, or actually one more quick thing, and then I just want to talk a little bit about your book and and let others know where they could find that at. Uh, I know you have a couple books. Where, uh, the one that I have in front of me right now, at least, uh, letters to my drunken self. But before we get to that, the other article you wrote was ten observations from two years of not drinking. I was hoping yeah. maybe like. You know, maybe there's there's a, there's someone out there who's new right now, who's either early in their sobriety or they're, um, you know, maybe they're they're still trying to, you know, ju- they're going back and forth maybe with it. What are a couple of those observations that you think uh, may be applicable to them, or I mean, really anybody in recovery at that? But uh, what are a couple of the ones that stand out for you? Oh man, you know, I, I love that article that 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 one, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so probably the quality of your social interactions. I think that might've been the first point because that, that is what, what sparked off yeah. the, uh, the article is that, well, you know, when you stop drinking, your, your interactions go from qual quantity to quality. Mm. Like you're no longer allowed, like, like, because people aren't wasting your time going, let's get together for drinks. And like yeah. everyone has this experience who, who drinks and, and then they don't think about it until they get sober. How much effing time you waste? Oh man, yeah. With people going, let's get together for drinks, and it ain't never about that about you. Yeah. Like it's about having somebody else to drink with, mm-hmm. and so it's let's get together for drinks. And you know, I had people try to like 
manipulate me. Be like, oh, I, mean, I got I got a bottle of wine. You want to come hang out? And I was like, and then the, the, I remember when it stopped working. I wasn't sober yet, but I was like, <laughs> this motherfucker really just tried to like <laughs> put some cheese in a trap. <laughs> I yeah. thought I was a mouse. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's the kind of thing you start thinking about. <laughs> but once once that's off the table, it forces people to connect with you. That's yeah, the biggest that's thing. Good, if you're like, like you will, you will either be lonely and then you don't really last uh, in sobriety. I find when you're lonely, or you will learn to actually have a relationship with people yeah. and connect with people and really learn to con- have communication. And it's absolutely beautiful because then you can really build relationships. Mm-hmm. That's the, the biggest observation. Uh, and then I think that's why that's the first one. Also, you know, and this, this is scary, but you, you're going to be forced to encounter your emotions you're going to be forced to learn to celebrate and deal with loss because you're no longer relying on the alcohol to to, to, i mean what does alcohol do it makes it hard for you it makes it hard for you to to, uh recognize emotions and others and also calibrate your emotional state today okay well you know that's why people do it to what to celebrate or they do it when things are going wrong, yeah, yeah. Once that's out the window, you know, you're forced to kind of learn to live and be a human. I, the analogy I give in the article is it's like taking the sunglasses off and, and the the yeah. light. You got to look at the light now. You got to figure out how to use your own apparatus to deal with it. And and um, what about what about this one? When you when you stop getting drunk, you realize that most people can't stop drinking. I, I mean, man, ain't the, it's the yeah. truth. It is, man. Yeah, it is. And, <laughs> it's it's very. Here's the here's the thing, right? We we have such a a negative connotation around the idea of an of an alcoholic, right? Mm-hmm. And and whether it's deserved or not is a completely different discussion. But most people when they think about an alcoholic, they imagine this person that is always, you know, drunk and Every day, all day, you know, drinking on work, you know, all, on lunch breaks, drinking before they go to bed. Like, like they, they imagine a heavy consumption often. And a lot of times that is the case. But also, if you can't, if you can't do a thing without alcohol, then you, you have, you realize, you know, that's also an alcoholic. And that's a lot of people. That, yeah. that was me in the early stages. It was like, why am I going to go to this party? They're alcohol girls. Okay, yeah. no, that, forget, never mind. It was my friend get together, started choosing family, uh, family gatherings based on that. Is there gonna be booze there? Uh, yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe I can't stay. Remember, I, you know, leaving places when there's when the booze is all out. It's it's a real deal. Is that in that? But, but most people are like this. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not just you. It's just it, the society is is a great enabler. Because there is so much that we don't question that if you have a bad relationship with alcohol to the point where it's, the, you know, deteriorating your life, you ain't going to realize it because society, eh, everyone's behaving that way. Yeah. It's- One of the things I talk about in my book is that, and I don't hold any, I don't hold this against any of my friends because I recognize what it is and I'm, is, but. But when I, the first time I thought I might have an issue, I went to one of my friends and I said, I'm thinking about checking out an AA meeting. Mm. And he said, are you sure? That's like forever, dude. Like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, 
And and so I'm like, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe I don't, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> you talk yeah. yourself out of it. But but it, that reminds me of one of my favorite sayings, man. Alcohol is the only drug where people think you have a problem if you don't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know? that's funny. And, and so, like, if you once you once you peep game on that, uh, you get a lot of control back in yeah. your life because you realize how many people don't have oh, yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, and I think my my, my last like because now you got me thinking about this article. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I forgot, man. This, I really like this article. But, it's good. Um, but the one the, the the last I guess big deal about it is that is that you lose the excuse. Alcohol is a really good excuse for bad behavior. Mm-hmm. You're forced to behave, and you can't. And a lot of times, you don't even realize that your behavior was shitty because yeah, it's, it's calibrated to a bunch of other people who are like this constantly. Yeah, it's cali- it's it's glorified in the media and 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 in um entertainment. Yep. In many ways, at the very least, it's not not shunned. You know, yeah. they'll shun a crackhead on TV. Yeah. they won't shun an alcoholic. Oh yeah, you know? no way. So uh, you get to see yourself with with, with an honest pair of eyes, man. And that mm-hmm. that is, I don't know if that's that's one of those things that goes, oh, you know, sign me up for the sobriety thing. I don't, I don't, but but if you want any any if you have any hope, if you have any desire to get control of your limited time on this planet, yeah, that is a great motivator because you don't realize how much better life can be when you're in control of it. Yeah, let's uh, let let's let's go over one one more too because I love that. I think it's old saying. I'm I'm I may uh I don't know if it's verbatim, but show me your five friends and I'll show you your future or something like that. Number yeah. eight, number eight here, getting sober teaches you who your friends really are. And I know for a lot of people, a lot of messages I get too. It's like, man, what about you know my homies? Like, what about this group of people? For some people, it's even family. You know what I mean? It separates right. families. Like somebody getting sober and they got a brother, or a, uh, whoever you know that's still out there, kind of running amok. Like, and and it's like, what? Now, now you think you're better? You know, now you're you're this sober person. Like, there's a lot of uh, internal battle I know that goes on there for a lot of people. So, what what do you think about the uh, getting sober teaches you who your friends really are? You know, I was really fortunate. I think I think I put this in the article. Too. I was I was really fortunate, and that I had a, a really tight group of God friends, and they were like, yep. "Dude, you what what you got to do is what you got to do, yep. and we still here for you." It's really fortunate, and what I've learned is that it's very rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but 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 that's okay, because I did lose some friends. It's not like I didn't lose any. I just didn't lose the closest ones, but I yeah. did lose some. And that's cool because when you stop, assuming you you develop a life that you that you really you know like and respect, someone you're proud of, you'll you'll get people who are better aligned to you. You realize a lot of these people were, were not your friends so much as they were your drinking buddies who you may have had one or two things with in common with, other than happy hour. Yeah, yeah. And then once you get rid of it, like it, it, you, you know, you might like the same shows and the same sport team, but that's like 20%. The other 80% is like, you love JD or something like that. <laughs> and, yeah. and once you get rid of that, you're like, I really don't like this. One. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, this, this I, I had like, yeah. I, I had that happen. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe we've been hanging out all this time. What the hell? <laughs> oh, we were drunk. Yep. That's how that that's why. Once, once you get rid of it, you're like, huh? That's and then that goes into getting your time back. But and a lot of people are afraid of that. 
because we we would much well it goes back to that being liked and accepted yep. we'd much rather be surrounded by bad company than alone and the reality is in every situation in life it is much better to be alone than with bad company yeah. because when you when you're with bad company you make it impossible for you to meet good company oh yeah that's good when you're by yourself there's still a, a vacuum to be filled and you can, and a lot of times you got to work on yourself, man. There's no way around that. You, 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 there's so much work. The thing about what it takes, and and I don't know how often you know people think about this. Think about what it takes to get to to become, you know, addicted to the point where you were like, this is a bad pr- problem. You got to get help. That means you got to do some work on yourself, whether that's work with a professional or work on your own. You got to do some work, and a lot of times that means you got to step away. You you, you got to step out the acid pit. You can't yeah. heal, man. It, it, it's it's bad news, and just leaving that behind. A lot of people are afraid of that. Yeah, but I think it's one of those things you got to embrace, and you can't fear, it, man, because it'll make your life so much better in the long run. Yeah, that's good, man. And that's just for the record, too, man. You and I are kind of similar in that, and I agree with you. It is very rare. I lost a few a few friends here and there. There was more drinking partners. I, I realized I had a lot of close homies who who stuck by, even though they didn't. They, you know, for for someone listening, they might not understand it right at first. But right. if they're your real homie, they're gonna support you and they're gonna be there for you. So I think that's a good telltale sign, like of who your true friends are and who they're not. And then Ed, I'm sure you agree on this, man. How many? How many awesome people, man, have you met like being sober, like being in the re- this recovery? I, oh, movement, exactly. And you, and you remember them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you remember their names. You remember, you know, what they look like, all that good stuff, man. Yeah, that's it, it's, it's so cool. great. Like, you know, it's one of those things like you you, you really don't know what you're missing. Yeah. Like until you until you go out for the first time, maybe socialize and you're having a good conversation and you're like, wow, not only am I not make because, you man, I've seen myself drunk and I'm like, wow, <laughs> like, it, like, like yeah. looking at them I'm like, holy hell, that's awful. Yeah. Uh, well, you don't have to worry about that. It's always your best foot forward, and that makes the other person feel good, and the conversation goes well, and you make a good impression, and you never know who you're going to meet. I mean, it's yeah. just one of those. It's just one of those moves that puts more of the odds of being successful in your favor because yeah. you're no longer stepping over you. Uh, you're, you're no longer fighting against this this demon. It's like, all right, man, when's the bar open? Like. No, no, no. Now you're like, all right, who are the people where I can talk to, mingle with, connect, have a conversation, or go get some rest, or do some work? Like, like you remove a thing that is just a Tom suck with no ROI. Yeah. Can I add uh, something? So I, I know I was going to just get one more quick question. Can I add one more in there real quick? You got oh, just no, a couple more cool, minutes. Man, okay, I, cool. my, my time's good. I'm, okay. I'm I just want to make time. sure, man. I, I know I know how I know how it is. We're going up on an hour, so I try to keep it roughly around there. But there's, there's okay. a lot of... There's a lot of folks in the entertainment industry, um, you know, from from sports to comedy, uh, you know, um, media, that kind of stuff that that listen to this show and that listen to other shows because there's a lot of us in um, in recovery in that in that game, right? Um, mm-hmm. How what what advice would you give some you know someone out there who's in that um, in that business that's in media that's in 
um, you know, comedy that's down, you know, try, trying to trying to do maybe their the thing that they love to do, but they're in a business, uh, sports, you know, obviously yourself in boxing, where you're constantly surrounded by that atmosphere of um, of 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 a party lifestyle or drugs or alcohol. Like, do you got any advice for someone out there listening, maybe who's going back and forth or who's kind of who's kind of wanting to jump on the sober train, but it's just it's been really tough in the, in the work that they do. So here's the thing, you know, so so specific to high performers like this, what they forget is that who who they are, mm. you know, and and that's a very powerful thing. I, I know, you know, we talk about humility and how good of a trait that is, and it yeah. is. Yeah. But sometimes when it comes to standing up for yourself, when it comes, because I think that's what a lot of it comes down to, is that if you, if you want to step away, but you, you can't. Uh, because your environment reinforces it. A lot of it is standing up to said environment. Now, how do we do that? Well, we remember that we were, we, we're a bad motherfucker, man. That's why oh. we're in the environment. <laughs> I like that. You know, if, if people don't, you, you know, when people stop questioning me about drinking, hmm. when they would, when they would found, when they found out what I did, hmm. you know, and they, whether they assumed it was because of that, uh, like I was an athlete and so I had to not drink or they just didn't bring it up because I'm so much better, you know, let's just be real. I'm so much better and farther ahead than they are. Yeah. Then no one's going to no one, So, so you, you, these are tricks, you know, I, ultimately at the end you just go, you know, I don't drink. That's it. Right. Yeah. But while you're transitioning to the point where your sobriety can, you feel that like confident in yourself and it, yeah, you know, They've been to your will, you know. Your you, your your presence alone is worth a bunch of of money and time and attention. And if you lean on that type of arrogance, but you 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 use it to channel a great goal or to move yourself towards a great goal, I think you give yourself a lot of a lot of leeway. You know, no one no one's going to question. You know, just, just use a celebrity. Um, I noted uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Russell Russell um, Brandt right, is, yeah. is big on sobriety. Look, let's pretend Russell was still a crackhead or something like that, right? Or still drinking, and he showed up and he was like, "I'm not going to drink at this party." People might be confused, but who's really going to be like, "Man, you a piece of you know, <laughs> you sell out, we don't forget yeah. you." Like, no. Yeah. You, Bounce out of his presence. Yeah. And I think that's how people have to start seeing themselves. Because a lot of times it ain't everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're surrounded by a bunch of equally, you know, people at your level and they want you to do that and you want to leave and, 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 you know, go go home instead of going hard, I think that, that that's a little more difficult. But you have to remember, you're still you. You can find a bunch mm-hmm. of other people who look up to you, who find your life inspiring and draw draw types of just you know whether it be value or motivation from you and you you remember that you want to find every little hack every little thing you can to reinforce the decision whether it be because you feel like you're better than people or you feel like there's people watching you who you don't want to let down and you want to remember that uh whatever you need to help reinforce your decisions that's where you got to go and that's what you got to do. And I think when you have a built-in kind of celebrity platform, you can work that and use it. Hell, I, I use it. I mean, at the yeah. beginning, I still, I used it. I don't need to use it anymore. Yeah. But it all works. It all works towards your event, to, towards your goal. All right, last question for you, man. Someone out there struggling right now, 
um, man, maybe they're they're just uh, they're going through it, man. What what advice would you have for them uh, to to help either stay sober or get sober or just overall, man, just live a, a better, healthy lifestyle? Remember, you want to be able to uh, you 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 want to do it for you. Mm. You want to like you, and you're always going to be with you. Yeah, right. It's good. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, wherever uh, I go, you, there you, I am. <laughs> Yeah, wherever you go, there you are. Yep. So you're going to have to deal with, you know, you, you put together these days and the times are hard. Think about what you've gained so far. Think about how good you feel. Think about how strong and capable you feel. And you don't want to give that feeling up. That's such a powerful feeling. Yeah. Like like the, 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 the knowledge, the feeling that you can do a thing, that you can overcome a hardship, you don't want to give that up. And so if you remember that you've come, even if it's just one day, you, you made one day, man, and you was you, you was going every day at one point. <laughs> yeah. You turned down an, an, an offer, an opportunity, and you used to take them up. You did it once, and now you just build, 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 and remember that progress. If you remember your progress and lean into it as, as a feeling of motivation to keep going, I think that's the best thing. You know, I worry a lot about people who are during the, the, the COVID thing and the pandemic, people losing their jobs and everything. And, and when you, when you encounter stress, it's hard to think logically, right? Like it's yeah. easy for me to go, well, you know, if you relapse, you're probably going to make it more difficult to find another job. That's a logical argument and it's 100% correct, but people ain't hearing that. That's yeah. not how it works. Yeah. Right. Much better to think about how you feel, how you felt before and what you've come to stand for what you got over that this is a temporary thing beyond your control you took care of something in your control you don't want to give up control of what you do you know you don't want to give up control of yourself yeah. because something outside of your environment outside of your influence is going haywire so remember that yeah it's good man thanks bro good stuff right there um so if folks want to reach out to you they want to find more uh, about your book where they can do that I'll, I'll be sure to put all this that we've talked about today in the show notes but uh, anywhere in particular you'd like them to uh, to go to social media anything like that ed Ah man, you know I feel bad for anybody who who wants to do something on the internet, who's got the name Ed Lattimore because I am Ed Lattimore everywhere. I'm Ed Lattimore on Twitter, Ed Lattimore nice. on Instagram, EdLattimore.com is my website. Ed Lattimore is my Facebook, both my page and my private. So uh, you reach out to me anytime, man. One one thing I really proud myself on, I think I've done a great job, is answering anything related to sobriety. I'll sometimes ignore um, a lot of other things just because yeah. they're not relevant or important. But if somebody reaches out to me with with uh, some some struggle or trauma to deal with because a lot of the way it goes hand in hand with addiction, I try to I try to, to give my best answer, man, and, and do my best. So feel free to reach out to me. Good stuff, man. Thanks, dude. Well, thank you uh, for coming on the show, bro. Really good to talk to you. Um, I can't wait to share this with everybody. Uh, it's going to be good stuff. And uh, thanks for the work you're doing, too, man. I appreciate you. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. I really I really mean that. Yeah. Thanks, man. Be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can connect with us on Instagram, at realthatsoberguy, uh, on Twitter, at Shane Raymer. Uh, Zoom AA meetings, man. If you need a meeting, I know a lot of the rooms are closed. 
So, uh, you know, you can go to in the show notes, even in this episode, there's Zoom AA meetings, the Promises Rooted Online meetings are there. Uh, you can go to thatsoberguy.com, click on Get Help, uh, and there's a bunch of resources there too. Thanks to Promises. Appreciate you guys. Thanks to Ed once again. And thank you guys for tuning in today. One day at a time, man. We all do this stuff together. So surround yourself with good people. Have some fun and uh, have a great rest of the day today. Peace, love, and respect, and keep your blood clean. Oh,